Hi, everybody. Welcome to Saint Misbehaven, the podcast about saints from people who are not. I am your host, Matthew Stadorn, and I'm joined, as always, by my chief researcher who is on her second written warning, Anna Domini. <gasps> Anna, how are you doing today? <laughs> you never gave me any writing. This it's is, in the mail. This is slander <laughs> and... <laughs> Does it, if it's being recorded and it's a verbal warning, does that count as written because it's like recorded? I guess. Like there is a record of it. it must be right. I don't know. Um, anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm shocked and scandalized that it's been um, betrayed. <laughs> Before you even got yeah. on the on the recording. That's insane. <laughs> By, yeah. By someone I thought was a friend. Oh, was it Danny? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was you. Oh, oh God. Um, yeah, I'm not too bad. Feeling a bit rushed. We're doing this very last minute. We've never been so current in our recording. <laughs> Right, it's a, it is actually it's going out it's today. Actually going out today. <laughs> That's because yep. it, we're actually already late because usually these drop at midnight. So the people who've been up since midnight oh refreshing their their oh. podcast feed, we should just just done it live, <laughs> just broadcast it straight away. I think that would be a real crushing blow to our egos. Is it? <laughs> because <laughs> we could see how many people were watching it live Fair enough. yeah well we're here now it's happening we'll get it out soon enough we gotta do it if you hear if you're hearing this then we did it guys we all we succeeded <laughs> <laughs> but it all hangs in the balance currently i know it's very weird it's, it's existing in two points in time both the past and the present oh my word yeah. how existential i know so i think it's good because it shows, you know, when we say it's about saints by people who are not, you know, I feel like saints might be more punctual. <laughs> I don't know than than we are, so that it it gives like more weight to our claims. Maybe I don't know if punctuality is one of the defining characteristics of a lot of the saints that we've seen. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like his his miracle was doesn't matter where he was going it was five minutes early. It's amazing. <laughs> That's why he's a saint. I'd say that would be m- much more impressive than a half-assed attempt to fix colonialism. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I feel like he was trying as hard as he I could. say. I, mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. That sounds very dismissive of the last guy. I, but you know, yeah, I keep thinking he about didn't, he didn't do a great job. Bartholomew <laughs> and I'm like, I keep going back and forth about like, is he good? <laughs> was he good? Yeah, I think he I was think with that good. one, if you if you started listening to that one and gave up because it was too horrendous, I'd say stick with it because like <laughs> it gets even more horrendous. But then, but then it gets a little better. Hmm. No, I think the, the thing that, at the end where it was like. Like, fascists hate him. So he must have done something, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> that was, like, the, the main the main thrust. Yeah, I mean, so. it's like, well, fascists hate him, so he must be good, right? Like, <laughs> I can't think of anybody that fascists <laughs> hate that I'm not a little bit like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like, especially at the moment, that's how, how I dictate all my tastes, you know? Like, have they upset Piers Morgan? Oh, yeah. Then I will like them. Apart from when he went against the government. Oh. Then I, then I was like, okay, I still hate them. This is still complicated. So, <laughs> I don't even yeah. know who to side with here. <laughs> exactly. Make up your own minds, kids. Do your own research. Don't do that. Don't do Not when it comes to public health. Yeah. But <laughs> do, <laughs> or climate change. Like, do your own research, but understand what is a good source and what is a bad source. Yes, exactly. Of information. Like, so do your own research instruction has that very important. I think, I think. The, the first thing you should do your own research on is which 
news sources are good, like reputable and honest and not yeah. having an explicitly political agenda for their information. And But then there's like basically no, I guess you could say there are no objective news sources. No, I mean, objectivity in the news is, I think, it's a meaningless goal. It's like a thing that people are like, we're trying to be objective here. We're trying to give like credence to both sides. And it's like, no, sometimes both sides, one side is and not equal, not equal yeah. and remarkably wrong. and does not need to be given the time of day. Um, anyways. Yeah. Talking of which. No, I have no segue. But. <laughs> it's fine. Anna, have you done anything particularly saintly or had anything miraculous happen to you lately? Um, I did something fairly saintly. I don't know if it's saintly or just like decent, <laughs> but the bar is so low with me. I think it counts. Yeah, I think for you it sounds as saintly. It's just decent. <laughs> um, yeah, so I realised we were out of milk. Oh my god, this is a low bar. <laughs> <laughs> So I went to our tiny local corner shop that's two minutes away and it was closed. Mm. So then I was like, okay, well, I could be really lazy and get it through. You can now get Deliveroo for groceries, right? Mm -hmm. There's a a set minimum, so you have to spend like 10 quid, but then you can get your groceries delivered. But I was like, that would be very bad for the environment because they have to come on like a motorbike or in a car. Uh And unethical because Deliveroo sucks. Mm. And really expensive because by the time you've paid the delivery fee and like a tip because you basically i feel like delivery drivers are basically like hospitality staff in america where it's like the fee they get is so small from delivery that you basically have to pay a huge tip to make it kind of humane right <laughs> so yeah whenever we get a delivery it, it always ends up being quite expensive so i was like i could be really lazy i could do that no and i walked all the way to Summertown, which is about an hour round trip to get a single <laughs> carton of milk and some chocolate for my other half and um yeah i thought that was pretty good <laughs> because i had the i had the option to take the easier path that would have been much more convenient for me right. but instead i went through the physical challenge of an hour's walk <laughs> I mean, that's good. Getting and, exercise. And I had to be in a supermarket with other people. Yeah. And most of the other people... So it's post-Freedom Day now. Right. So we're all free. No one has to worry about not killing other people anymore, mm-hmm. is my understanding. And in the supermarket, there were a lot of people still wearing masks, but they were still wearing them fucking wrong. <laughs> like, <laughs> people had them around their chins or, like, under their nose. And it's like, if you're gonna bother still wearing your mask, like, please do it properly. Because, like, there's no, there's no point wearing it if you're going to wear it wrong at this point because you're not complying with the law so either try and protect people from your germs or don't but like don't that's not something you should half-ass I think (laughs) yeah so I had to put myself through that stress as well as the the long the stress of having to judge people Um, that is (laughs) no it's very distressing it's not about judgment I know it's about the plague yeah I get that (laughs) but I I experienced uh, something kind of miraculous I slaked my thirst at the fountain of St. Anne what what What? What? (laughs) that sounds very dodgy it doesn't I like the term slake I like the I like the phrase slaking my thirst Who is St. Anne and why did you drink her weed? (laughs) No, no, no. Oh my God. So St. Anne is Mary's mother. She's a, Uh, there's a, there's a whole college here in Oxford named after her. I know. Do you? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. I've been there several times. Oh, really? Okay. Well, enough about your late night liaisons with undergraduate. (laughs) 
Anyways, I was in Buxton, just near the right. peak. To- Is that a metaphor no, as well? You, you know were in what? Buxton and a- you drank from St. Anne. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, uh, I was in Buxton, which is a town near the Lake District, and they have natural mineral springs there. Oh, yeah. And they have a fountain on the street. You know, it has a statue of St. Anne, and then there's like a little metal lion's head, and the water shoots out the lion's mouth. Oh, okay. So it's not St. Anne's water, it's the lion's well, water, really. Well, it's the well. It's called the Fountain of St. Anne. And okay. I guess that's her lion. So, <laughs> so yeah, it was this just, just on the street in Buxton. And I was like, neat. And then... <laughs> so you drank Well, yeah. It. And then I was like, is this... Pu-? Not knowing who else has put their mouth on it <laughs> well, in these plague times. It shoots out of a wall. I don't know. It's fine. <laughs> It, <laughs> it shoots out of a wall. It must be safe. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, not just like a hole of the wall. Like there was an official like lion there. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I was like, oh, I wonder if this is potable. But then somebody came up and just filled up a water bottle and drank it. And I was like, oh, I guess it. <laughs> nice. like, I don't know. And I, I have no evidence that that person wasn't completely insane. <laughs> like, insane. <laughs> <laughs> so I drank from the water. It was actually really nice mineral water. It comes out at like. 27 degrees it's like what is that is that warm it's warm cold it's warm it's like so you drank warm water from a lion's mouth okay (laughs) i drank it was like it's like it's nice and warm it's like a perfect warm temperature and it had like nice it had a nice flavor to it like nice nice minerally flavor it was good when in buxton drink out of this particular wall i recommend it handy hint for your sunday afternoon by the time this gets out it supposedly had healing properties i i looked this up later it was apparently mary queen of scots would go there for her rheumatism oh. and bathe in the waters. It's, it was like a famous, like even from Roman times. Wait, so you just licked this lion where she like took all her clothes off in front of it. <laughs> I guess. Well, I think that it used to be that they were like big Roman baths there. And then uh, she would take I like see. a bath cure. But like now it's just okay. there's this one fountain that you can drink out of. And yeah, it was nice. It was good water. I recommend the water. It was nice. And free. And free. A, like all water should be because it literally comes from the ground. It's, this is the thing that I really hate with Britain is that in America, if you go out like every building, when you go out of the mm-hmm. bathroom, there's just a water fountain there usually. Like nine times out of ten. Right. There's just a water fountain. You can get a drink for free or whatever. There are no water mm-hmm. fountains in Britain. It's insane. It's I find... I <laughs> Yeah. The whole... But what? in a lot of states, you can't drink tap water, right? What? <laughs> what? I thought I thought that was the case in the US that like some in some states you can't drink the tap water because it's not well, like treated. Like, yeah, like there are places where the tap water is not really like, well, like Flint, Michigan is the big example because mm. of government, the Republican government trying to privatize everything thought it'd be a great yeah. idea to like fill their water with lead. And so they made it undrinkable. <laughs> Wow. And then that kind of highlighted like, oh, there's a lot of places that did that and uh, fucked up their own water supply. Mm-hmm. So and places that that and then there are places that like do fracking often like gas yeah. will get into the water. And so the water oh, is and, yeah, flammable. Like, <laughs> yeah, I've seen people setting fire to their taps. So, or just um. it can just become toxic from um, the chemicals and things that they, they pump into the ground to get the natural gas out. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's uh, there is a lot of bad tap water in America. <laughs> But, you know. But on the plus side, side, it's it's free. free. (laughs) Sometimes. You can get as much as you want. So, you know, six of one, half a dozen of the other. Win some, you lose some. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> Swings and roundabouts? I don't know what the, whatever. Uh, so yeah, so I drank from the, the Fountain of St. Anne. Quality. Did you feel religious better? Water. Did it cure your ailments? My rheumatism is gone. What ailments do you have at the moment? <laughs> I don't know. I have this general existential dread. I was hydrated. <laughs> and it and didn't help that. That's all I have ever asked of water. It's just to maintain hydration. So Fair enough. Yeah. And it did that very and it did. well. And I thought, and I, you know what? And it was also just a quality flavored water. <laughs> Sounds weird, but yeah. Fair enough. Anyways, uh, but yeah, so I feel I experienced that miracle. Thank you, St. Anne. I feel like that miracle was as miraculous as my thing was saintly. <laughs> and by which I mean not, not very. Not much. very. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of a stretch. Okay, fine. Anyways. <laughs> Well, let's move on. Okay, we're both nil-nil for this one. Yeah. <laughs> for this week. So. <laughs> yeah. But Anna, today is August 1st. It is. It actually, it actually is, is this time. Yeah. <laughs> Who's this week's saint? Today, well, it's today's oh, saint. today's saint. And his name is Alphonsus Liguri. <laughs> I don't, it's, he's Italian. Uh, no, 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 um, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> so it's L-I-G-U-O-R-I. So Liguri? Alfonso Liguri. Alfonsus. Alphonsus. But I'm going to refer to him as Alf because <laughs> it's just long. To, like, I have to say it so many times and it's just long. Oh, okay. So I'm going to call you him Alf. You can refer to him as Alf because he eats a lot of cat. <laughs> That's a reference to you. <laughs> that, that wasn't mentioned in any of the research that I did, but we can't rule it I out. I think this, that is a reference that you uh, are way too young to get. So never mind. And also too British. I mean, yes, but I went, I went yeah, with okay. it. Okay. I appreciate you're <laughs> laughing at not understanding what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm a very generous laugher. There was a TV show... Unlike you, you just dismiss me. Mm. Uh, <laughs> See, <laughs> uh, Alf was a TV show in the eighties. It was a sitcom, and the premise of the sitcom was there was a family, and they found an alien, and uh, oh. from the planet Melmac, and he was like a sass talking puppet named Alf. And uh, well, he probably had a lot of in common with today's probably. Saint. Anyways, um, but he's always trying to eat cats because on his planet of Melmac, they ate a lot of cats. Oh, okay. Anyways, anyway, we've we've got down a weird. <laughs> <laughs> track right. there already so what's the deal with alphonsus alphonsus he was around from 1696 to 1787 okay so he was bloody old he got up there yeah, yeah. he almost made it a whole century <laughs> yeah nearly so he was born 1696 in marianella mm. near naples okay which was then part of the kingdom of naples uh-huh. on the 27th of september he was the eldest of seven children i.e they were catholic <laughs> okay <laughs> i was gonna say so obviously he was a disappointment because they needed six more to try and like figure out if they could yeah. get a better one. Well, it's funny you should say that because two days after he was born, he was baptized at the Church of Our Lady the Virgin as Alphonsus Mary Anthony John Cosmas Damien Michael Gaspard de la okay. So I reckon they didn't think they would have any more children <laughs> and they just gave him all the names. Yeah, they had seven names picked out and they're like, well, we might not make all seven. So let's just give them all the first. <laughs> <laughs> so I was trying to translate this into Italian because, you know, that's just kind of thing I do. So it would be Alfonso, Maria, Antonio, Giovanni, and then I didn't know what Cosmos or Damien or Michael would be, so I gave okay. up at that point. Yeah. But it was still fun. I appreciate you trying. <laughs> Thank you. Cosmos is a great name. People, not enough people named yeah. Cosmos. Cosmo. Mm, we should bring it mm. back. Also, Mary. I thought that was a rogue <laughs> one. 
Yeah, you know. But very progressive, I really. I think so, yeah. I mean, that's... Having, it, having a woman's middle name. Mm-hmm. I think we should bring that as a trend. I, sort well. of s- switching, you know, with, like challenging the boundaries of names. Yeah. They're so arbitrary. Let's just mix it up. Actually, my brother's middle name is Claire, which oh, is go. actually my dad's uncle's name was Claire. Right. So Claire used to be more of a, or used to be kind of a gender neutral name. You know the fun thing about, or the right. fun thing, the sad thing, or the interesting thing, or thing? <laughs> Is it fun? Is it interesting? Is it sad? What it's is it? It's just a thing. All right. You know what the thing is? Okay. There's research that says that once a... So there'll be names that are kind of like gender neutral or even like mm-hmm. boys' names. But then once they start to become girls' names, they just become girls' names. So names like right. Stacy or Carol or Claire, these were all kind of like boys and girls' names. And now they're just girls' names. Okay. It's, it's a weird thing. Mm. I, don't know. I just... It's just... It's like, oh, girls got their cooties all over my name. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, we should carry on this trend. Like, maybe now that we've got some women CEOs, all the CEOs should be women, right? And they should all be named John. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wait, did we cover that last time, so. or was that actually in the Patreon one? I, I can't, can't remember. remember. Yeah, but it's... okay. But you should subscribe to our Patreon, and then you'll be able to find oh, out, yeah. listeners. Also, if you can, we don't say this enough, but if you could review it on iTunes, that would be super great. And also tell a friend. That's it. <laughs> Guys, we're trying to build a we brand here. Full disclosure, we haven't been to like a marketing conference or anything no, in the last week. No, we're not. Just, we're good. You know what we're just, good at? We're good at talking shit about saints. We're not good at marketing. So anyway. <laughs> well, I mean, speak for yourself. That is my day job. No. But then you don't pay me to be here. So I don't apply myself <laughs> Thank in you. the same way. <laughs> <laughs> and that is why you're on your second written warning. Yeah, exactly. So Bad attitude. <laughs> <laughs> Made fun of my baby. So yeah, baby. Uh, his dad was Giuseppe Liguori. Uh-huh. a naval officer and captain of the royal galleys okay. and his mother was called Anna Maria Caterina Cavalieri okay. and she was of Spanish descent huh. obviously she didn't have a career because she was a woman right. in the 17th century but he was the head of the royal galleys um, so he was in charge of all the kitchens <laughs> yeah I don't know captain I guess that's like fairly high up yeah. but not like the head mm. but yeah still a pretty big deal yeah. the family was of noble lineage but the brother branch to which Alf belonged had become somewhat impoverished. Yay, guess. There's not much qualifying that. <laughs> somewhat. Somewhat. I think you'll see you know, you'll see I think from what this follows is what I'm gonna say. how what constitutes a somewhat is he he married a Spanish lady and then they got he got cut off. Oh I see. That'll happen. So racism know, right? played a part. It seems like the kind of thing that like now you'd be like, wait what? But in the sixteenth century they were like, wait what? Yeah. Like, mm. Oh it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they were all Catholic. Maybe it's like fine. I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> anyway, as a boy, Alf was said to be bright and quick beyond his years, mm. making good progress in his subjects. And in addition, his father made him practice the harpsichord for three hours a day, <laughs> <laughs> which is not a normal amount of time to be practicing any musical instrument. I guess. I don't know. I guess. I mean, what else is he going to do? Roll a hoop with a stick? Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's better than uh, that one guy who. He was also in the military and he gave his kid guns at three years old or whatever. Yes, exactly. And well, it's interesting you should bring that up because I, I thought that it was going to go a similar way. You know, army dad, right. saint, there's got to be some, you know, overexposure to violence that would then push them towards the, the holy life. But no, his dad had actually given up on the idea of him entering the military because Alphonsus was nearsighted and had chronic asthma. <laughs> so... 
he was like he as you said he was a disappointment yeah i was gonna say i was just like what dis okay well we're gonna have to have six more kids this isn't this kid over here yeah you gotta put him in front of the harpsichord i don't want to hear him or see him well i want to hear the harpsichord well, but i don't want to apart from you want to hear the harpsichord i just want to hear the harpsichord if i hear anything out of that kid that isn't harpsichord music i'm gonna be very upset <laughs> so pretty much so a harpsichord playing is the the chosen career for army dropouts. Yeah, pretty much. Famously, That's, it's it's a classic story. You know, like you grow up in a military family, you pick up the harpsichord. You're a huge disappointment to your dad. You know, it's just <laughs> get the harpsichord going. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. Well, by the time he was 13, he was a distinguished player. Some even saying that he was, like, playing at the level of a master. So practice your instruments, kids, for three hours a day, and you could achieve, like, greatness. But you'd still disappoint your dad. If you're looking for a way to distinguish yourself, if you just play the harpsichord Mm -hmm. for three hours a day, I feel like it's pretty easy to reach the level of master these days. Because I feel like nobody's putting in that much work on the harpsichord. Yeah. So you could really... That's how you can get ahead. That's a niche. A niche. A niche? A, a Nietzsche? A niche. A niche. Yes. <laughs> not, not a Nietzsche. <laughs> uh, that you can fill. You can. That's a niche you can fill in the in the market. Niche. niche. Please <laughs> stop saying it as niche. It sounds horrible. Niche. What's wrong? I don't know. Whatever. I think it. Anyways, <laughs> that is a Nietzsche. Like, because whatever doesn't kill you makes you a better harpsichord player. <laughs> Definitely. So basically, because of his illnesses his father had given up on the idea of him being a military person so mm. he was educated with the legal profession in mind Ooh. so he was <laughs> he was a harpsichord lawyer <laughs> just all the <laughs> yeah <laughs> He represented big harpsichord. Yeah. This fall on Fox, harpsichord law. It's all <laughs> harpsichord-based cases. Anyways, it's fun. Anyways. Yeah, so that's how he carved out his niche. <laughs> nah. So when he wasn't making his fingers bleed by playing too much harpsichord, his hobbies included riding, fencing, <laughs> and playing cards, but not shooting because of the for- aforementioned myopia. Oh, okay. That was, I don't know why that that was just in there. So I was like, well, if if a list has three things and it doesn't have a fourth thing, you may not have to mention it. <laughs> right. It's... I think we, yeah, no, I feel like if, if they hadn't said anything, we'd, we'd have spent 30 minutes just wondering why he wasn't into shooting. But like, I get that. That makes sense. It's like, if somebody is close enough to stab, he can, that's good. So he's got in the sword. Yeah. Like he's, his, basically, his eyesight <laughs> is like sword link. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I thought it, that was interesting as well, because when we said, somewhat impoverished he still had horses and fencing stuff yeah. so yeah his interpretation well you know his biographer's interpretation of poverty not mine it's, um, <laughs> it's a different level <laughs> yeah well they only he only and, had the uh, one stable of horses i mean it's not really like he was rich <laughs> you know totally yeah it's it's like when people are like oh what you know i got it a discount or whatever it's like yeah but it's still a boat can i also point out that i don't know i don't know what rich people have can i also point out that he had a harpsichord that sounds like an expensive piece of equipment in 17th century (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah true and you'd have to have like a a separate room exactly (laughs) oh yeah because it's so oh my god if that was like it's also their bedroom kids in there all the time (laughs) up at all hours playing the harpsichord i gotta get some sleep i gotta run a I gotta run a kitchen tomorrow. <laughs> so, all right. So, yeah. Not well thought. Probably not that rich. Yeah, or probably that not that poor. So, not that poor. As a young man, Alf discovered a love of opera. Mm. 
which like makes sense if he was into his music yeah. but he was there solely for the music not the drama so apparently he would go to the opera and as the curtain was rising he'd take off his glasses so that he couldn't see the performance <laughs> <laughs> i'm just gonna i'm just gonna turn my back to rude. the stage here that's <laughs> No point in that. Everyone else was picking up their opera glasses and he was just taking off his normal yeah. glasses. Oh, he's like, excuse me, I you're sitting in the seat that's behind a pillar. Can I have that seat? <laughs> really help me enjoy the opera a lot more. I don't want to look at those people. Those people are ruining my experience. I just need this. Of the music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he apparently this was like a, a bit of an issue in his life. So <laughs> um, the, wait, wait, like. What? Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> like not not wanting to be involved with theatre at all. <laughs> so apparently the the childish fault or like childhood error, I guess, mm-hmm. for which he most reproached himself in later life was resisting his father too strongly when he was told to take part in a play. <laughs> So he had this weird aversion to the theatre, but he loved music. So he could. I feel like why would you not just go to concerts rather than the opera if if you really didn't want to see acting? I guess. I mean, but I guess at the same time as your music. Did he like the singing? He must have liked the singing, right? Yeah. But he doesn't want to see people singing. Maybe it's one of those things where he's like, oh, people (laughs) opening their mouth. It's it's gross. It's really I can't. Gross. Oh, I look at him and I'm like, oh, oh, oh." those sounds are coming out of like. It's because his dad was running kitchens, right? He just like had this version maybe it's like i mean when you think about it there's all that beautiful music coming out of a hole which is very wet and stinky oh my god matthew <laughs> sorry that's disgusting come on you're especially 17th century mouths are going to be especially stinky and you know what i'm going to go especially wet i don't know i'm just feeling like oh. <laughs> or what's worse maybe they're like weirdly dry the 17th century mouths. <laughs> But then if they were dry, then the singing wouldn't sound that Maybe, nice. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, so that's the thing. You got to keep those mouths lubricated. But yeah, I'm just saying like... With holy water from the Buxton Fountain. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it was... We should see if Buxton will sponsor us. Visit Buxton. It's a nice little town. Yeah. When in the Lake District. Buxton. Come on, guys. There Buxton. <laughs> and that's how you can get more people to your opera who are there for the spectacle as well as the music. Yeah savvy marketing so yeah that was a fun thing about him <laughs> i thought was quite notable right. so yeah he was quite a gifted child he attended the university of naples and graduated with doctorates in civil and canon law mm. at the age of 16 <laughs> just canon law so... where just crimes committed with canons <laughs> <laughs> another canon I mean, murder. Obviously he, did, he did a minor in uh, harpsichord law and then yeah, yeah canon law was uh... <laughs> there was once a case where somebody shot up a harpsichord out of a cannon at somebody oh my god that really made his career <laughs> that's what he did his dissertation yeah. on really really exciting mm. point so yeah he graduated when he was just 16 Whoa. and later remarked that he was so small at the time that he got almost lost in his doctor's gown <laughs> and all the spectators at the ceremony laughed at him Aww. he was the littlest graduate <laughs> yeah. Yeah, after he graduated, he started studying for the bar. Mm -hmm. And when he was 18, like many other nobles, he joined the confraternity of Our Lady of Mercy, with whom he assisted in the care of the sick at a hospital for, quote, incurables. So (laughs) it was like a kind of, you know, you know when you do like a hospice gap year? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Just such fun. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, I was gonna say, it's nice of him to do that. I I wonder what counts as incurable. It's like, this guy's bleeding. We don't know. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) 
yeah. your arm is broken. We'll just leave you here till you die. <laughs> I guess like medical technology at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe everything was incurable. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it was just a hospital. <laughs> yeah, just, just a hospital. Yeah. But you're pregnant. I don't know. Put her, put her incurable. A lot of people die in childbirth. Yeah, so <laughs> count. Yeah. That's. Oh God. Sorry, I said that far too with far too much jollity. <laughs> Uh, it's apologies. fun to think about isn't it <laughs> yeah the, I'm, I'm, see i'm wondering if incurables was yeah like a hospice thing or if it was like people with a chronic ailment yeah that's what i'm wondering like maybe. if it was like i don't know like tb or something you know something where you're just kind of always sick from it or, or you need constant care yeah we'll never find out no sorry <laughs> so he volunteered at the hospital that's very yeah. nice of him whilst being a lawyer starting to get some so, saintly you know. vibes from this dude <laughs> Well, they're going to go out the window for a bit. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> Damn. he became a wildly successful lawyer. It's said that in the first eight years of his career, he never lost a single mm. case. Pretty, pretty good. So you can imagine that that might make him a little bit cocky. Maybe. A companion of his at the time, who later became a distinguished judge, ah. called Balthazar Saito, Saito, was once asked if Alphonsus ever showed signs of levity in his youth. <laughs> And answered emphatically, never. It would be a sacrilege to say otherwise. <laughs> that um, joyless cunt? No. Yeah. <laughs> the guy who takes off his glasses at the opera? What do you think? <laughs> yeah. Here, let me answer your question with a question. <laughs> <laughs> so the saint's confessor declared that Alphonsus preserved his baptismal innocence till death. Aww. So he was a big virgin. <laughs> big stinky virgin. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think what it was is every time he went to go kiss a lady, he was like, oh, that wet mouth. No, it's disgusting. Oh, <laughs> oh God. So he was, I think, fairly religious, but he was getting sort of distracted by the worldly success of his lawyeriness. Right. So he became ardently attached to his profession, mm -hmm. spoilt by the popularity which winning cases for people brought. Right. So he was he was the harpsichord lawyer. Like, he didn't even have a desk in the courtroom. Yeah. He had, like, a harpsichord that he'd sit at. <laughs> and then when it was done, he played like a wicked harpsichord solo <laughs> and then it's like yeah i rest, I my, rest case. my case yeah. yeah when he was 26 mm -hmm. he began to go constantly into society to neglect prayer and the practices of piety which had been an integral part of his life during his youth and to take pleasure in the attention which he received everywhere but banquets entertainments theaters he wrote later on these are the pleasures of the world but pleasures which are filled with the bitterness of gall and sharp thoughts. I don't know about that. I mean, <laughs> it's just like, oh, I had to go to so many parties where there was just wine and champagne and great food and interesting people to talk to. It was terrible. It was terrible. Well, I get from his personality, like, he'd probably be like, oh, well, I'll go along because, you know, everyone loves mm -hmm. me, but I'm not going to enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly not, because, I mean, I feel like there'd be a lot of ladies at these parties, and if he was very successful, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know, maybe meet some talented, talented musicians. Music musician mm. you know fencer card shark i don't know like he <laughs> successful lawyer he real... i feel like yeah you could have you could have closed the deal with some ladies i don't know like <laughs> yeah it was, a, it was an eligible bachelor <laughs> yeah i've done a lot more with a lot less so <laughs> Same, yeah, same. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, <laughs> according to the Catholic Encyclopedia, in all this, there was no serious sin, but there was no great sanctity either. <laughs> and God, really riding that who line. wished his servant, <laughs> yep, 
Exactly. So basically, in many ways, other than the weird aversion to theatre, just a normal dude. Yeah, I guess so. Like, not not great, not terrible. But God <laughs> wished him... By the way, if you are thinking about leaving us a review on iTunes, not great, not terrible, perfectly good review. We'd take, we'll take that. We'll take it. No, we wouldn't. Five stars or five nothing. Five stars. Put five stars and then put not great, not terrible. And I think that's fine. <laughs> as long as you say just like St. Alphonsus, yeah. then that sh- like, that will show people that like you get, you get cool obscure references from listening. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, so God wished his servant to become a saint mm. and a great saint at that. So God realized that now was the time to make him take the road to Damascus. <laughs> okay. Wait, is that? Metaphorically. Oh, okay, I, I, <laughs> I just, God's just like, okay, I've been priming this one for a while just wringing his hands like oh boy here we go (laughs) time for this boy to become a saint oh you don't know what you've just said there matthew because strap in in 1723 there was a lawsuit in the courts between a neapolitan nobleman whose name has not been recorded all we know about him is that he was one third vanilla one third strawberry and one third (laughs) excellent yeah it was it was the great ice cream case (laughs) of 1723 sir sir your product gives people headaches when they eat it how do you defend yourself (laughs) (laughs) with this harpsichord solo of course yeah it was between this neapolitan nobleman and the grand duke of tuscany Mm -hmm. which involved property valued at 500,000 ducats which that's a lot of ice cream it says somewhere that it's a hundred thousand pounds in modern money but i think the catholic encyclopedia was written at the beginning of the 20th century (laughs) So it was probably a a few cool mil worth of ducats. It's too much conversion to have to do. Yeah. Let's just say it's all the ducats. Yeah, too many steps. It was a lot of ducats. So Alf was one of the leading counsel, Mm -hmm. but we don't know on which side. (laughs) This is the vaguest court case ever. (laughs) Yeah, there was a lot of money involved, maybe some ice cream, some property. Some rich dude. That's it. And a harpsichord. Yeah, a nobleman and a grand duke. It's like pretty big stakes. Mm -hmm. When the day came... Came, our hero, the future saint, made a brilliant open sp- opening speech and sat down confident of victory. Mm-hmm. But before he called, because, you know, he'd never lost at this point. Right. He's got a pretty good track record. But before he was able to even call a witness, the opposing counsel said to him in chilling tones, it's, it's interesting that we know this, this specifically when we literally don't know what the case right, was. Right. But the opposing lawyers said in, in chilling tones, your arguments are wasted breath for you have overlooked a document which destroys your whole case (gasps) (gasps) (laughs) what document is that said alphonsus somewhat piqued let us have it a piece of evidence was handed to him which he had read and reread many times but always in a sense the exact contrary of that which he now saw it to have the poor advocate turned pale he remained thunderstruck for a moment (laughs) (laughs) so dramatic i love it god was really enjoying himself (laughs) he's really like i really he's he's calling people over he's like you gotta see this one i've been working on this one for a while hey gabriel look at this i really i really got this one down you gotta check this out no it's been I mean, it's been simmering on the pot for a while. It's really gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna... <laughs> look how pale he's turned. Look, look, look at him. Oh, look at this. Wait, I'm gonna rewind it. I'm inventing rewinding, or <laughs> <laughs> you could watch this. Watch it. It's great. So yeah, Alf remained thunderstruck for a moment, then said in a broken voice, "You're right. I've been mistaken. Oh, this document gives you the case. <laughs> My whole life is a lie." <laughs> 
basically. In vain, those around him and even the judge tried to console him, but he was crushed. <laughs> oh, it's like even the opposing counsel, like, oh, you know what? We feel, you know what? We give up. <laughs> yeah, we'll let you have oh, this yeah. one. He's like, no, no, no. Hey. This is too late. I'm crushed. <laughs> well, the thing is, he thought his mistake would be seen not as a mistake, but as a deliberate deceit. Oh. So he basically felt like he'd ruined his career oh. and stormed out of the court saying, world, I know you now. Courts, you shall never see me more. <laughs> Meanwhile, um, there's just a bailiff outside like, is... dude, what are you, what? What's happening? Just extremely <laughs> dramatic man walking out of a courtroom. <laughs> Just proclaiming to nobody, Colt, you will see me no more. Excuse me, sir. Are you, are you lost? <laughs> Do you need? <laughs> what a way to resign. Yeah, it's pretty great. You know, can I also say one loss and this guy was totally shattered. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, okay. And and God knew that that was all That's it would all take. Needed, yeah. I guess it's like, yeah, when you, it's like Icarus flying too close to the sun, right? Mm. It's like you've, you've, you get high on your own, like, success. Right. And so the, the downfall is more painful. And pride cometh before the fall, so, they say. Yep, exactly. <laughs> He's just, and he had some pride. He had to leave. And that must have been so awkward to leave the courtroom, like, pushing his harpsichord in front of him. Like, I'm going now. <laughs> <laughs> you'll never see me again let me just pack this up though. but then you'll never see me again nobody help me <laughs> just scraping across the floor anyways oh god so oh you say anyways we're not moving on for three days he refused all food <laughs> okay yeah whatever <laughs> but then the storm subsided and he began to see that his humiliation had been sent by god to break down his pride and wean him from the world you know, this this happened to me once where i lost a comedy contest and then i laid in bed for a month and watched all of deep space nine so it's a similar thing but you didn't refuse food, i don't know right? in fact if I, I probably ate way too much <laughs> it's like the only <laughs> thing that'll help right now is pizza please bring me another pizza yeah <laughs> <laughs> well i guess you know maybe he refused food because like you know the just the very sight of food reminded him of ice cream Ugh. which just reminded him of this case it was too too painful the only food in the house was his retainer of 10,000 gallons of ice cream <laughs> so understandable I never should have agreed to be paid in ice cream <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was a slam dunk. His, uh, his existential dread was actually just a, a very severe case of brain freeze. Yeah. But yeah, he saw it as like the moment that turned him away from the world mm -hmm. and towards the spiritual world. Yeah. He was confident that a special sacrifice was required of him, but he didn't know what it was. Is he going to cut off his penis? So He's not he going to cut off his penis, to... is he? <laughs> no. Oh, good. <laughs> He's just going to go to the opera with his glasses yeah. on. That's as bad as it's going to look at every wet mouth out there <laughs> and then he hated the opera even more because they they maybe give out ice cream in the internet <laughs> in those little pots <laughs> sure <laughs> <laughs> so he, he was true to his word but he spent his days in prayer seeking to find out god's will mm -hmm. and after a short interval the answer came on the 28th of august 1723 mm -hmm. the young lawyer had gone to perform a favorite act of charity by visiting the sick in the hospital for the incurables <laughs> this is just a thing to cheer me up i'm gonna go see a bunch of sick yeah. people <laughs> oh my god suddenly when he was there he found himself surrounded by a mysterious light mm. the house seemed to rock and an interior voice said, leave the world and give thyself to me. Hmm. 
it was thyself rather than yourself because it was the 1700s. I get it. Also, it's so, God. He's, he's not it's like Italian. Formal. And yeah, he's old yeah. school. So Alphonsus left the hospital, which I feel like maybe God was like, no, that's not what I meant. No, no, wait, no, wait. I, you were going to go help. <laughs> he was in the middle of like doing some like, you know, CPR. And he was like, no, this isn't what God wants. I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> he was uh, going in to like make a huge donation to the hospital. And he's just like, yeah. actually, you know what? I'm going to turn and around. And then he's like, oh, hang on. That's not what God That's wants. That's not what I'm going on. Um, <laughs> what am I thinking? Yeah. Uh, it's funny. So he, he turns away from the hospital so, yeah. and away from worldly mm-hmm. things. Yeah. And goes to the church of the redemption of captives. Oh, the redemption of captives. <laughs> Yeah. Poor captive. If you if you've been caught, that's a sin. That's on you. Yeah, I. Uh... <laughs> if you didn't want to be caught, you wouldn't address like that, would you? I guess so. Wait, what? You were asking for it. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so he went to the church. Here he laid his sword before the statue of Our I'm Lady. Sorry. Now I have some questions <laughs> about this. <laughs> He's been carrying a sword this whole time. <laughs> yep. Yep, to the hospital. I mean, maybe it was for amputations. I don't maybe know. he's like, well, I'm gonna, you know what's going to really cheer me up is I'm going to go to the hospital and, and put some people out of their misery with my sword. Oh, my God. Look, okay, he had hospital volunteering and then fencing straight after, right, okay. maybe. Okay, so he just had to take all his stuff I with did him. forget that he was a skilled fencer, yes. Yeah. But not... Yeah. So, but not a shooter. Didn't do that. No. Didn't. He didn't. Did, he didn't lay his gun before. No, our because lady, he was. That wouldn't have meant. He's anything. not a shooter. And I think that if they hadn't pointed that out earlier in the account, we'd be asking what he did what with, he his with gun, his yeah. guns. Obviously, he's probably got a lot of guns. Anyways, military family, mm. like a good American. <laughs> So he laid his sword, made a solemn resolution to enter the ecclesiastical state, and furthermore, to offer himself as a novice to the fathers of the oratory. Cool. Yeah. But he knew that trials were before him. His father... Wait, I thought trials were behind him. He just quit being a lawyer. Uh, yeah, bad wording there. I'm sorry. That was on the part of the Catholic Encyclopedia, okay. so blame them. His father, already displeased at the failure of two plans for his son's marriage, oh. was exasperated at Alphonse's neglect of his profession. It's like every plan that this kid had, the idea for this kid turned out in failure. Is like, yeah, just fails. Yeah. He wouldn't be in a play, he wouldn't be in the military, and now he's not even going to be a lawyer anymore. Yeah. What a disappointment. So, yeah, not surprisingly, his father was also strongly opposed to his new vocation and apparently persecuted him for two months. Well, just two months. <laughs> he got over yeah. it. But, you know, Alf was a skilled fencer, so it was probably How did fine. he persecute him for they two months? They were probably well-matched. Doesn't oh. say. I think it just means he wouldn't let him become a priest. <laughs> oh, okay. but That counts as persecution when you're really holy. I don't know, but, like, he's, he's 26. He's mm-hmm. presumably very successful, so he probably lives in his own place. Like, <laughs> No, he was still at Oh, home. was he? Oh, okay, never mind. Yeah, okay. loser. Well, he was a massive virgin, remember? Oh, right, so right, right, right. <laughs> those two things often go together. Guys, if you've never had sex, then you're the world's biggest loser. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm sorry. That wasn't very sex positive, yeah. really. Hey, was no, it? it's no, what you're um, saying is like, hey, if no one will touch you physically, like, why do you even have any worth? You don't. Says Anna Domini. <laughs> oh, my God. That's not, I didn't mean it, it like that. sounded like that's what you meant. Uh, <laughs> I just meant if you want to get laid, move out of your parents' house. That's fair. That's a good stop. Yeah. Um, because if you're living in your parents' house, even if it's a big house with a harpsichord room, yeah. there's still a chance that they'll overheat. Yeah. So you don't want to do that. You don't want to. Don't want to be there. In the end, a compromise was arrived. 
arrived at. So his father agreed to allow his son to become a priest, provided he would live at home instead of joining the oratory. Hmm. So Sounds like a win-win uh, for him. So I, I can be a priest, but I don't have to pay rent. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> or I don't have to like, live in a monastery in like a dingy cell. Yeah. I can live in this very fancy estate mm-hmm. with my own harpsichord room. All right. And my horses. My horses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and my fencing hall. Yeah. yeah, it seems like a pretty sweet deal. Yeah. I feel like his dad was like a good dad. You know, he was trying to find solutions he persevered with him in the end this compromise so-called was actually like quite nice yeah i guess so it's like all right i'll support you but also as i just worry <laughs> yeah. just worry so alphonsus agreed on the advice of his director father thomas pagano mm-hmm. and on october the 23rd of the same year so 1723 the saint put on the clerical dress <laughs> which means costume it, not like there is a clerical yeah, dress yeah but it makes it sound like it's a nice really number with it, it really accentuated his waist yeah, I'm just it, saying, was, like, it was just he, he never felt good. so beautiful as when he put on the dress <laughs> <laughs> then he put on the clerical purse and it matched the dress perfectly it was so nice it was like the perfect accessory and then he was ready for the oh ball September the next year he joined the association of missionary secular priests called the Neapolitan <laughs> Propaganda <laughs> wait I'm sorry <laughs> they're called the Neapolitan Propaganda yeah oh. they're just advertising yeah, ice cream yeah they're like guys why would you buy ice cream that's just one flavor it's got three flavors <laughs> what's wrong with you you may no no, no it'd, be, it'd be more like you may have heard people claiming that there's ice cream that only has one flavor but that's a lie made up by the devil that's propaganda <laughs> yeah. right it's, it's more gaslighty than persuasive well the thing about the neapolitan propaganda was they didn't require residents uh-huh. so he could join them while still living at uh-huh. home but obviously he would have to you know get over his ice cream related traumas mm-hmm. in order to do that so in December 1724 he received minor orders it says and the subdeaconate in September 1725 so maybe that's a position as well right. so yeah he became a subdeacon and then the next year he was ordained a deacon and soon after that he preached his first sermon mm-hmm. and then in December of the same year at the age of 30 uh-huh. he was finally ordained a priest Yay. so you know he, he was a doctor of law at the age of 16 <laughs> Where do you go from there in your career ambitions? Yeah. Finally, at the age of 30, a priest. Well, see, but it only, it only took him four years to go from lawyer to priest. How long did it take him yeah. to become a lawyer? I'd say mm. training to become a lawyer is harder, though. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, because, like, the, the law exists. And, uh... <laughs> here's here, But here's my counter-argument. The law makes sense. <laughs> There's a certain logic to the law. Oh, uh, that's true. Easier to get your head yeah, around yeah, yeah. in a way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it's very simple. It's like somebody puts a harpsichord into a cannon and shoots it at somebody that's clearly a crime <laughs> but it's like wait there's this guy who's three guys but is one guy wait a minute yeah that's true it's that a lot tricky. to wrap your head around also i feel like at this point <laughs> just like have we have we gone too hard on alienating a, a section of society who could potentially be our audience but are off put by how hostile we are <laughs> to actually our subject matter <laughs> <laughs> do you think we've gone too hard on harpsichord players no I, I mean like we've gone too much into the atheism oh, like I don't know. and we we've missed a trick because we could be getting that christian market and we've just you know we're not gonna i think we swear too much get to get that. to the christian market yeah you're po- probably i don't right. know i i had this weird thought like the other day i was like i wonder if people who are like really into saints like 
are like, like yes, I, this is very funny, actually. I'm guessing probably not. Yeah. <laughs> I think also our very leftist point of view is probably turns a lot of like Catholics. Though. Yeah, but like, you know, fuck those guys. We're, you know, I, <laughs> again, bad at marketing. I mean, so my new job, I'm now like, you know, a marketing person for like an explicitly left-wing organization mm-hmm. so that's like i need to to be practicing that so yeah. <laughs> like with my previous job when it was like oh we've tweeted about black lives matter and now we've lost 100 followers it's like yeah but did we really want them following <laughs> us you know yeah so i mean i see what you're saying but at the same time you know free speech <laughs> yeah i mean uh, that's the thing it's like i feel like if you're not on board if you're if you're gonna be too upset about how lightly we treat this topic (laughs) and how irreverent we are with this material i guess this isn't the right podcast for you Uh, but Mm. i feel like i don't know i was thinking about this i I feel like as we've gone on this has become a very interesting discussion like ongoing discussion of what makes a person good or like what constitutes or ethics and morality right as opposed like because we're we're talking about these people who have been you know the in popular culture we talk about saints like people who are objectively good and these paragons of good and then, he's the same and yeah. then we're like but what is the nature of of goodness like what does it mean to be like a good person and some of these people who i think are legitimately good person good people i think that good person good one good person there's been one good person <laughs> it was saint Gemma. she's a, she's great <laughs> no problems with her hey saint genevieve was pretty oh, genevieve good was our first yeah, one she was good it's always the ladies yeah. that's that's my feminism. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I don't feel like whatever. Please rate, review, subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> but only if you like it. Only if you like it. I think if you didn't like it, you didn't make it yeah. this far. So Yeah, exactly. Well that's the I was about to say maybe we should just cut this bit out because anyone who's listening now is still with us. Right. You know? <laughs> right. I don't know. Anyway, thanks guys. Thanks. You're great. Yeah. You are probably left wing atheists and you're killing it yeah and by it we mean the patriarchy it being yeah anyways yeah. especially if you're firing a hopscord out yeah, of a cannon at a person actually if you that's a very bougie murder i don't know i'd be a don't... bit impressed <laughs> that's one of those stories <laughs> it is bougie though you'd be like man murdered by a harpsichord shot out of cannon you'd be like no i'm gonna click on this article <laughs> yeah this probably enough. happened in florida <laughs> okay you should maybe call the title instead of saint alphonsus you should call the episode man murders person by shooting harpsichord out of a cannon that might get us more listens <laughs> probably yeah maybe you should be more clickbaity in in how we I, yeah i guess i could be, be making the uh the episode titles a little bit more yeah like enticing, enticing. like I don't know. get work on my uh seo right yes totally um, anyway we've got off track yeah. so he was ordained a priest so you can cut out all the stuff that's happened <laughs> after i said he was ordained well now a i have to cut this out if i do that um, so <laughs> just yeah, keep going okay so well that's fine so we're we're now about to start the next chapter okay. so he lived his first years as a priest with the homeless and marginalized youth of naples uh-huh. so i guess that means he spent a lot of time with them because he was still in his impoverished palace right um, well, yeah but like so he lived with the homeless so is he is he homeless no he still lived at home but i think he visited <laughs> oh, them okay. a lot basically that's that's less cool <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah well see you later timmy i'm off to my house uh, <laughs> can i go with you <laughs> it's sir? got several spare rooms but you cannot there's no space for uh, you. My dad's kind of a stickler about not having guests, so sorry. <laughs> also, to be fair, he did have six siblings right so you know they some of them may have been at home too Maybe. he became very popular because of his plain and simple preaching mm. he once said and this is a bit arrogant i think 
I have never preached a sermon which the poorest old woman in the congregation couldn't understand. <laughs> oh, that is a bit like just the dumbest old broad, just like the real, <laughs> like one of those the thickest. <laughs> Cranky old just bitch. Just toothless crone. <laughs> Loves me. Couldn't just get on with what I was saying. Like, look at this. See this woman here? See, look at her. She's very, She has hardly any idea what's going on. Look at her. Yeah, she's just nodding but along. But she understands she my She gets seven. it. Are you not getting it? Because this, like, <laughs> this senile <idiot>. old crone, <laughs> like, just... Just, just she, she, I mean, like, what is she even living for? She's dead inside, but she gets it. She, but she comes to church every week because of yeah. me. Yeah. And you don't? It's like, you're not getting it. Anyway, so yeah. Yeah, so that was nice. A real man of the people. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure, sure. sure. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, his sermons were very effective at converting those who'd been alienated from their faith. Mm-hmm. So he was, yeah, plain talking, yeah. you know, would have been would have been a, a televangelist if he'd been around now, he, maybe. He doesn't feel the need to do that high flu. Latin, Latin. Yeah, exactly. Mass. Exactly. So in 1729, he finally left his family home and took up residence in the Chinese Institute in Naples. Hmm. Now, I think that's a university. I'm not quite sure why that was his place of choice. Seems a bit rogue. <laughs> wait, so is it? But I'm, wait, I'm confused. There's a so yeah, is there a university to teach Chinese or? Yeah. So I think it's like an Institute of Chinese Studies. So it was like, yeah, I I mean, I doubt that there were Chinese academics there. Yeah, okay. Because <laughs> Italy doesn't seem like that, you know, inclusive of a place. Maybe, I don't in, know. In, at this time. <laughs> Maybe it was the only place with Chinese people like, we cannot leave. We can't leave the walls. We just, <laughs> we're kind of... Oh, shit. Like, so, so it, was, it wasn't an institute so much as an institution. Kind of, yeah. It was just basically a prison. <laughs> <laughs> just like all the Chinese yeah. are in that one spot. <laughs> they are really afraid oh to leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think so i think it was basically like a kind of orientalist sort of institution okay which yeah it was it was a place for anyone to go to study non-european languages oh so the word chinese there is a very broad <laughs> not accurate oh god uh. okay uh, <laughs> okay well okay i'm gonna to be fair on alf I think the reason he went there was because it was well located for him to do missionary work. Okay. So so it was more central in... It was in the interior regions of the Kingdom of Naples. So I think it was for the location rather than the colonialist (laughs) academia. It just is all about the location, not the oppression of people. Or just like <laughs> I'm just here for the views. I mean, the views outside the window, not the views of uh, other <laughs> of Chinese races. people. Which um, I will take my glasses off for those guys. You know what I'm saying? Oh God. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. So he began doing missionary work in the interior regions of the kingdom, where he found people who were even poorer and more abandoned than any of the street kids he'd previously preached <laughs> what to. Lo- look at these! Look at these poor bastards! These guys are even worse than the ones I was. I mean, I thought those kids yeah, looked on the street. Yeah, and even they understand my sermons. <laughs> So in 1731, while he was ministering to earthquake victims in the town of Fugia. Can you please stop ministering me and please lift this rubble off my body? My legs are crushed. Hey, I'm in the middle of a sermon. Here. Listen, okay, Jesus rolled away the stone after three days. I'm sure you'll be fine. Hey, hey, hey this old lady who's trapped under a beam, barely conscious. She understands. She gets it. <laughs> 
No, to be fair, I think ministering would involve helping like, out, helping yeah, yeah. them. He's yeah. like he's like Red yeah, Cross. You if you've got all rubble clogging up your ears, how are you going to hear the sermons Good anyway? Point. Also, made a great audience for him because, like, you know, there's a lot of dust round, so it made their mouths drier, <laughs> yeah. which he appreciated because they were trapped. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure he was going there helping people with yeah. you know, recovery, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I I think that's that's what's implied yeah. by the context. He claimed to have had a vision of the Virgin mother in the appearance of a young girl aged 13 or 14 mm-hmm. wearing a white veil now that sounds a bit creepy a but mary was meant to be very young when she got pregnant by god which come to think about it best not to go down like this path. why is god having sex with underage women does he have girls underage girls i don't know i mean he just impregnates her. well I don't know okay a... why is he impregnating yeah. underage girls i feel like you know, you're God. You could choose anyone. Oh, um, you know what? I was talking to somebody whose partner was a midwife. And they were yeah. saying that, like, teenage mothers are, like, the best patients because <laughs> the babies just kind of, like, fall out. It's like when you have a teenage <laughs> body, it's like it's just made to put babies out. And they're like, yeah. She's like, it's- look, I get that teenage pregnancy is bad. For over, it's a real problem. Should be- but it's what nature wants. But it's like... When you're a midwife, it's just like, man, those babies are just popping out. It's crazy. So there you go. Yeah. That said, don't get teen pregnant. <laughs> it's the official position well, of this podcast that you shouldn't be teen pregnant. <laughs> you got your whole well, life Well, it's ahead more like, you, you know, I, I feel like it's more like respect the age of consent. That too. Right? Anyway. So yeah, he had this vision. So that was kind of miracle mm-hmm. That's the closest we're going to get, by the way. Oh, <laughs> Doesn't do any miracles. Uh-huh. I mean, maybe he does. Maybe he's like healing people but it's not explicitly mentioned yeah. he's humble anywhere he's not in the it. reading like, that I, yeah, I did heal some guys but you know it's not what i'm really about yeah i'm more about chatting to thick old <laughs> bints <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> on the 9th of november 1732 he founded the congregation of the most holy redeemer which i think means jesus not himself right, right. Though i wouldn't put him past him because he's kind of arrogant mm-hmm. when a lady called sister maria celeste crostarosa mm-hmm. told him that it had been revealed to her <laughs> that he was the one that god had chosen but i just i just thought of something which is why did mary sister celeste cross the rosa road oh god to, get to the others Sorry, we, we are a comedy anyways. podcast Cast and that's that's the kind of thing you can All right, expect. I'm sorry. What did Sister Costa Rosa do? So, <laughs> got run over, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so she told Alf that he had been chosen by God to found a congregation. Okay. So he did. Oh. Do you think she told that to everybody and she's like, oh, I can't believe that finally worked? <laughs> <laughs> she knew that some congregations had to be founded, but she couldn't be bothered to do it herself. Yeah. So she just delegated. Exactly. She's like, well, this guy... I want to know more about this very good manager of a sister. Yeah. She's, she's, she's the smart one. She's like... I think this guy's got a bit of money. I'll tell him to go find a congregation. Yeah, she's the brains behind the Mm -hmm. operation. Yeah. So he founded this congregation with the goal of teaching and preaching in the slums of cities and other poor places. So that was their main kind of thing. But they also fought against Jansenism, which was a heresy (laughs) that preached an excessive moral rigorism. Oh. So... um, (laughs) He's like, hey man, just take it easy. (laughs) Yeah, basically. Don't be so... Yeah, don't don't be so Catholic about it. Don't be such a hard ass huh it's a little live and let live over here (laughs) (laughs) sounds fun yeah alf said the penitents should be treated as souls to be saved rather than criminals to be punished so that's That's good i dig that Um, i dig that and you know in his professional lawyer opinion as well it's like well you know none of them have harpsichord cannons so how bad could they really be exactly (laughs) 
But Alphonsus himself suffered from scruples. Do you know what that is? <laughs> no. Wait, is scruples like an actual disease? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> well, it's basically, yeah, a kind of religious OCD that made him feel extremely guilty about the most minor issues relating to sin. Oh, okay. But he actually viewed them as a blessing. Okay. And he, he wrote, Scruples are useful in the beginning of conversion. They cleanse the soul and at the same time make it careful. So there's a bit of a tendency towards self-flagellation here, I think. Okay. It's not, it's not great. He was basically just very, committed i guess to his so wait so his religious so every little sin he was just yeah, like oh, you really stupid son of a you stupid stupid he'd go and eat three liters of ice yeah. cream to punish him <laughs> so he... tape his glasses to his face and go to the office. yeah it's like oh. when the waiter said have a good meal and i said you too instead of thank you mm, it's yeah. like oh god i'm gonna have to go beat myself for an hour now you idiot yeah basically i feel like there's a lot of like a lot fewer people might be regarded as saints if there was like adequate mental health provisions in or understanding of mental health in earlier times Perhaps. you know but i thought his whole thing was like he was against jansenism which was like so hardcore like just yeah beating yourself so up a bit of a hypocrite yeah. or maybe it was like well no one else should beat themselves up about it but i'm special and i'm uniquely awful so therefore it's fine for or he's me. like you know this is terrible and i wish i could stop it but i'm gonna save other people from my own fate that, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah maybe that's a nice way of saying yeah rather than hypocritical anyway so he he kept his like artistic side so as well as being a theological writer mm -hmm. prolific theological writer he was a composer and he would use the popular hymns he wrote to enhance his preaching i thought that was i love the nice. idea of popular hymns it's like there's a new one i've been working on here got some... wait well we, we talked about this in the patreon didn't we how like because i was brought up in the church like I like there are some hymns that are just like stone cold bangers <laughs> and they're like I'm sorry but it's true <laughs> I don't think that's true <laughs> I think that oh my what you're experiencing is indoctrination <laughs> and what you refer to as well, stone cold bangers when it sounds this good I don't want to fight yeah. it <laughs> I mean that's the thing is like it's you know they're they're bang they're they're meant to be earworms right like so they're meant to like mm -hmm. be this is the way we're going to convey Pretty. the messages that we want you to take away yeah in evangelical churches that's definitely the case like they repeat phrases so much and it's yeah really like insipid but with like i think when it's sort of musically gifted people who just want to kind of you know praise the lord or mm -hmm. whatever that's often like more kind of poetic and sounds better and i i get hymns from you know that i last heard like 15 years ago stuck in my head a lot of the time yeah, <laughs> yeah like whenever i'm cooking peas for example I always think of the hymn, Make Me a Channel of Your Peace. <laughs> There's a fun fact about me. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, if you're ever out there and you see Hannah cooking peas and she's humming to herself, you know which ones, you know what's... What, you know what I'm you know what hymn she's going on. <laughs> but yeah, so like in... So when I went to like an evangelical church, it was much more like, oh, this is bullshit kind of thing. <laughs> like really like, this is bullshit! I'm leaving! <laughs> <laughs> I want some proper musicality or nothing, yeah. Yeah, like, so in evangelical churches, it's much more basically like Jesus is my boyfriend is the sort of right. the thrust of most of the. Whereas with the kind of older ones, often it's a bit more, like, less calculated, yeah. I would say. Yeah, maybe. But, yeah, I guess he's the, the kind of hagiography wants to pay, paint a picture of this, like, popular guy who writes stuff that people enjoy. Right. And his most famous 
piece was composed for the Zampogna, which is a large Italian bagpipe. (laughs) So it was. (laughs) That sounds terrible. Everyone was like, "Oh God, we thought that we thought it was bad when he was obsessed with the harpsichord." Please go back. The zampogna. Um, yeah. How how big of a bagpipe are we talking about? Like zampogna. Like it takes. Mm-hmm. It's a big. It's like so. It's bigger than like Scottish bagpipe. I guess so. Let's Google it. Zampogna. I mean, to me, it looks about the same size, to be honest. But then I, I'm not that familiar yeah, yeah, yeah. with bagpipes. It's like a regular bagpipes. All right. Well, there you go. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So it was known as the Carol of the Bagpipers, which when I first read that, I thought there was a lady called Carol of the Bagpipers. Oh, that was that's not a nice nickname <laughs> to give a lady. <laughs> She's a bit of a bagpiper, if you know what I mean. So he wrote a bunch of popular music to go with the sermon. So yep. he's getting the word out to the people. And yeah, exactly. Whether through his simple words or his catchy tunes. Right. For the next 20 or so years, he wrote, preached, and travelled around the provinces of Naples for the greater part of each year. Record. Giving missions mm. even in the smallest villages and saving many souls. That's official. Yeah. That is history. I even went to this shithole. Yeah. I talked to them. Huh? They got it. Why don't <laughs> yeah. you get These it? Morons. These morons. morons <laughs> in this podunk one-horse town, they fucking get it. Why don't you get it? <laughs> A special feature of his method was the return of the missionaries after an interval of some months to the scene of their labours to consolidate their work <laughs> by what was called the renewal of a mission which is like that just reminded me of gordon ramsay's kitchen nightmares where he goes back like a year later to see how the restaurant's uh-huh. doing yeah and uh, often they've closed <laughs> oh. <laughs> sh- it does feel like like he's just like i'm just gonna check up on these guys and then the town is like oh shit those missionaries are coming back uh quick everybody look holy <laughs> <be churchy>. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Definitely. Get the bagpipe style. What? Just do it. <laughs> I don't get it either. <laughs> Hide the ice cream. Unload all the harpsichord cannons. Um. Anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> but in 1752, his health was deteriorating, and he reduced his missionary work mm. because, yeah, it was quite taxing. I would imagine. Yeah. So ten years later, mm-hmm. in 1762, Alf was consecrated as the bishop of Sant Agata dei Gotti. Ah. He had tried to refuse the appointment by using his age. He was 70 at the time. 60. Yeah. Yeah, Nearly? That's about right, yeah. Yeah, 60, 66. And his infirmities yeah. as an argument against being consecrated. But the Pope at the time was insistent and you can't refuse the I Pope. I guess so, yeah. That's, well, that's very nice. Like, like, I could. Like no, I'm too old. And it's the 18th century. I'm going to die very soon. <laughs> well, so he thought. So he thought. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to say, you, you, we already know he lives to be like 90. So Yeah, well, that, spoilers. That was yeah. the other thing when you said like, oh, he quit it when he was like 60. Because he was feeling infirm, and I was like, he lives for 30 more years. Like, I guess he doesn't yeah. know that, but but we know that because we're really smart. <laughs> yeah, not not like that old woman who understands oh, his sermons. Bro, I don't know. So like a box <laughs> of rocks, that one. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, so he becomes the bishop of yeah. this place, and the pope, uh, but the pope, yeah. the pope himself Santa says, Agata. be the bishop, and that's that's gotta yeah. be nice. I guess so. I mean, if you're in Italy, kind of closer. To I guess pope. so. Or is it like, is this like a pope that's really micromanaging everything? Like he's not. Yeah. I guess the. T- the church wasn't quite as worldwide as it, as it was as it is today. Yeah, so it's like yeah, really yeah, micromanaging true. Italy. It's just Not like, as holy impressive. shit. Like, we can figure these things out. Anyway. You know, my line manager, the Pope, his <laughs> boss, God. Yeah. <laughs> Pope's like, my boss is breathing down my neck. You mean God? Yeah. Oh, boy. 
<laughs> you don't want to see him when he's oh. angry. Fire and brimstone. Okay. But being a bishop at the time was a dangerous profession. <laughs> and really? Good thing he's a good sword yeah. fighter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I doubt any more now that he's like C five. <laughs> That's the thing is like, I can't I'm not I can't really lift the sword anymore. I don't have the reflexes. I can't really defend myself as the bishop. I was told you were gifted. You will be bishop and you'll f- fend for yourself. That's the problem with being um, gifted at a young age, is you're is when you get old you're just like a weirdo. He peaked too yeah. soon. Yeah. Um, so wait, why is it? Um, but yeah, he actually survived several assassination attempts. <laughs> why are people trying to assassinate um, a bishop? I don't. I, they, they don't want to hear what he's got to say. So. I don't know. I say um, that, and then I'm just like, I could think of a dozen good reasons to assassinate a bishop. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just that's just the bishops you've already assassinated like <laughs> yeah i mean they they had coming i i should i probably shouldn't say that i'm gonna be on a list now yeah no i i think that allegedly, allegedly. so there yeah. we go it's fine i mean i, I wouldn't yeah. do it but i can think of reasons why people might you know yeah yeah well in 1764 a severe famine afflicted southern italy causing civil unrest oh, no. and yeah so alf saved the life of the syndic which is like the mayor oh, okay. Of Saint Ad- Agatha by offering his own to the mob. Oh, but it doesn't say what happened after that and why he survived that. Um, well, they were like, "Well, now if you want it, it's not fun for us. It's not. It's not so fun to take someone's life and they're into yeah. it." Yeah. No, we're a mob. <laughs> we were going to lynch this guy. No. <laughs> you shouldn't cooperate with us. It ruins let's, the fun. Let's just go home. It's just, no, it's no. You can't take it back. You can't take it back. We're just going to go now. <laughs> You're happy. So yeah, good good job yeah. by him. Eight times during his long life, without counting his last sickness, the saint received the sacraments of the dying. <laughs> so he was quite ill. <laughs> That's is it is it awkward to do that? Like you de- Oh, false alarm again, guys, sorry. <laughs> this is like we have heard your deathbed confession seven times now. And every time And it get it was less exciting after the yeah, second. It's just to be quite it's honest. just upsetting now. It's like, hey, I've got I've got something to tell you i've been keeping it a secret all my life i I refuse to be in a play that my dad (laughs) wanted me to be in i once misread a document it's my greatest shame (laughs) it's interesting you should bring that up again (laughs) and i'll tell you for why in a second by may of 1775 alphonsus was deaf blind and laden with so many infirmities that he no longer even had the appearance of a man oh god that's awful (laughs) It's like, hey, when is somebody going to throw away this pile of dirty... Ra- oh, my God, that's awful. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. I am so, so, so... Oh, go. he couldn't hear me? Oh, good, good, God, because that is very embarrassing for me. Oh, my God. That would have been really awkward. So, at this point, his resignation was accepted by the recently crowned Pope Pius V. <laughs> Clearly, the previous Pope was a real ball buster, but this guy was like, okay, fine, you look like shit, I'll accept your resignation. <laughs> the other guy was like, it's a lifetime appointment. But, like, the, yeah, but then the new Pope's, like, <laughs> just going down the list of, like, wait, Alphonsus is still a bishop? Like, that guy, is, is he still alive? Can somebody... He's already had the, the last sacraments eight times. Yeah, I... <laughs> Can somebody go check and see if he's still alive? Oh, he is, but he's like, <laughs> he's basically like a sack of pile of dirty rags. Okay, yeah, let's uh, let's maybe get a new bishop in there. <laughs> Can you imagine like you're like a primary school or like a little church that's doing a special celebration, and this guy is like, we're gonna be visited by the bishop. What an honor! And then he's like wheeled in as like just a pile of rags. <laughs> yeah, so this is really disappointing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's, that's so sad. It must have been like what it was like to meet Prince Philip. <laughs> 
And now we've lost the royalists as well. Thanks, well, Matt. I, like, I feel like there was a lot of overlap with the with the groups we lost before. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Yeah, 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 totally. But you know, any lingering ones have now gone as well. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of C of E people who were like, "Yeah, stick it to those Catholics," and they're like, "What us too?" <laughs> they're 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 dropping their monocles in surprise. Yeah. So, yeah, Pope Pius accepted his resignation and Alphonsus went into what he thought would be a prayerful retirement. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) As you would hope when you are, you know, that ill. Yeah. But the worst of his illnesses was yet to come. I know. He's getting getting a lot on his plate at this point. He had a terrible attack of rheumatic fever during his episcopate. Mm Mm-hmm. What? I thought he'd retired already, but mm. yeah, I don't know. Anyway, there was an attack which lasted from May 1768 to June 1769. Jeez. That is a severe illness. Yeah. And it left him paralysed yeah. to the end of his days. So yeah, mm. definitely couldn't be doing any more bishop work yeah. at that point. You can't move diagonally when you've <laughs> got an illness like that. Or at all. Yeah. That's the thing. <laughs> anyway, so he's paralysed and then he slowly gets sicker and sicker and yeah. yeah. In 1777. Why well, was there more news to so report? Eight years later. If, if this is he's hanging if on. This is not that he died. Then I have like this is so cruel. <laughs> yeah. This is also like God's up there. Like uh, remember when we had that harpsichord lawyer? We ruined his life. Whatever happened? That guy's still alive. Holy shit! <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> oh no! Um, I totally forgot about that guy. So kill him. <laughs> in 1777, the royal government threatened to disband the redemptorists i.e. the the thing that he founded Mm -hmm. claiming that they were covertly carrying on the work of the Jesuits who'd been suppressed in 1773 this was Alf's moment to shine was it? Calling on his knowledge of the congregation, his background in theology, and his skills as a lawyer, Alf defended the Redemptorists so well that they obtained the king's approval. I think this is a real, like, you know, the movie has been leading up to this moment kind of thing. This is this is great. <laughs> They're just like, this is really the last moment. They're wheeling him into the courtroom. He's like, wait a minute, I've got yeah. an objection. <laughs> Basically, yeah, they thought they thought the uh, anti-redemptorists were going to win. And then like, yeah, at the last moment, it was very dramatic. However, mm. by this point, he'd lost nearly all his sight. Right. And <laughs> so the operas were so great now. <laughs> oh, my yeah, God. He loved that. Although he was also kind of deaf. Oh, so. what irony. Um, less good. What terrible irony. Yeah, yeah. If he'd only just been willing to watch and listen at the same mm. time, it would have been a lot better. So he'd lost nearly all his sight and he was tricked into giving his approval to a revised rule for the congregation one that suited the king and the anti-clerical government so because he was blind he was given this document and lied to about what was in it and he signed it oh that's lame boo boo king yeah mean right it's like a mean prank to play on an 80 year old man at this point the only prank that should be played on an 80 year old man is for a young woman to marry him and steal his fortune (laughs) when Pope Pius VI saw the changes he condemned it and removed Alf from his position as leader of the order. This isn't his fault. Right? This caused Alphonsus a crisis in confidence that took years to overcome. How does he have years left? (laughs) Right? But also like this is the second time in his life that he's failed at something and again (laughs) he's just taking it way too like it clearly wasn't his fault that he was tricked because he was blind and he's like no 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 this is on me. Mm. Not the fact that I'm like 
80 and paralyzed and blinded deaf and still somehow in charge of things <laughs> like this is definitely my fault this is the problem with lifetime appointment <laughs> this is uh, yeah i feel like this is a management issue this is this is on pope pious i think yeah. so yeah he gave him a crisis of confidence bearing in mind he lived for another 10 years oh my god <laughs> yeah <laughs> So, yeah, he had a crisis of confidence and faith, and it took him years to overcome. But by the time of his death, he had returned to faith and peace. Oh, good. And he was finally able to stop his suffering in light. And he passed away on today, the 1st of August, mm. 1787. So, yeah, 10 whole years after that, that last incident. That's insane. Yeah, in Pagani in Italy, where his body is still preserved, I think, mm. in the photo. There's nothing in writing, but yeah, he looks like he's still there in the Basilica of San Alfonso Maria de la Gora. He sounds like a tough guy. Maybe he just Pagani. wandered off. Like he's like he's hard to kill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he was, yeah, he was having a hard time at 80 mm. and he didn't die until he was nearly 91. Yeah. So Jeez. it's a long, a long and eventful life. <laughs> Only two failures. It's a pretty good record. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't find any miracle stories, but I feel like just the fact that he <laughs> lived through eight final sacraments <laughs> pretty good and a mob yeah i thought that was pretty miraculous <laughs> what part of final sacrament do you not understand alfonso <laughs> listen i know all about simplifying concepts just ask this <laughs> senile old lady yeah. and it's it's funny that he was ageist when he was younger as well because then he got to be really fucking old it's like these sermons are so simple even i can understand them at my advanced age <laughs> yeah so, what do you think his patronages are? Was he the patron saint of harpsichord players? I wish! He should have been. <laughs> is he the... But no, I don't know if they have one. Yeah. Is he the patron saint of talking down to people? Is he the patron saint <laughs> of canon-based murder? <laughs> I don't. I think because murder's a sin, that's probably oh, yeah. not. It's either patron saint, saint against canon-based murder. <laughs> <laughs> Weirdly, no. Um, Patronages aren't that specific. Is he the patron saint of taking losses very badly, like being a very poor loser? <laughs> That's what I thought he should have been as well, but apparently not. But yeah, I, I think that would be the most appropriate is, one. Is he, is he the patron saint against the theatre? <laughs> Protection against the theatre? <laughs> if you ever really don't want to go to the theatre, pray to St. Alphonsus. Mm. Nope, he is the patron saint of lawyers. All right, makes sense. Which kind of makes sense. Okay. But then also, I feel like if you're a lawyer, you want a role model who's a bit thicker skinned maybe perhaps but you know he was undefeated and then he was able to use his lawyer lawyerly skills in defense of the lord yes true he, but then he was tricked, he was tricked so. so he should be the patron saint um, of like reading comprehension because it really seemed like he messed up that <laughs> that one document and you just yeah didn't understand it true so the second time even if he had seen it mm. maybe he would have misunderstood maybe. it no so he's the patron saint of lawyers patron saint against arthritis which is weird because nothing suggested he had arthritis <laughs> Only but he was very old. Lots of other ailments. Yeah. He's the patron saint of theologians. Oh, okay. I can imagine there are quite a few of those. Yeah, I would feel like... Um, that's a that's a crowded field i mean he's our second yeah. patron saint of lawyers yeah i forget who the other one was but i think it was maybe saint mark but yeah, yeah. maybe anyways so he, he doesn't have many like distinguishing ones he's a patron saint of well he's a patron of confessors final perseverance which what? i'm not sure what that is but it it kind of tracks with how perseverant he, he was. was in life he really held on there for he a long time <laughs> yeah 
moralists, scrupulous people, okay. but against scrupulosity. Oh, okay. Which sounds like a really fun, like 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 a really fun chant at a uh, at a protest or something like scrupulous people against scrupulosity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he was. If you um, want to be unscrupulous, you pray to him. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Uh, no, I, gu- I guess it's like in relation to that very specific use where it's um you know an affliction. Yeah. Go a little yeah. easier on yourself. Yes. Vocations again, very That's, general. Yeah. But also more specifically, the Sisters of the Holy Redeemer. Okay. It's their patron to make sense. Ladies and gentlemen, the Sisters of the Holy Redeemer. Woo! It sounds like a really good band. <laughs> yeah. He is also the only patron of Pagani in Italy, oh, okay. which is still a place. Oh, good for them. <laughs> Way to hang in there. Agrigento. Mm? Where, where is his patron of where yeah. else? Uh, Agrigento in Italy, mm. but he's not the only one. Oh, okay. There's another one who's a patron of that. So I think the standout one is probably Pagani okay. and the Sisters of the Holy Redeemer. Oh. But yeah, so that's that's him. Oh, interesting. So he, he started out a disappointment to his father. And ended a disappointment to himself. <laughs> a disappointment to the Pope. <laughs> yes. Uh, who is all of our father. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he seemed to have a pretty eventful life, did a lot of stuff, certainly mm-hmm. lived long enough. I'm, I'm amazed how much he yeah. did from the ages of 60 to 90, considering. Yeah, what a, he should be the patron saint of old people, <laughs> achieving stuff and, you know, exactly. overcoming prejudice. Yeah, he's against ageism, right? Because he still did some yeah. pretty impressive stuff late in life. I mean, he did get tricked Yeah. by being, despite, you know, because of but his But that poverty. was by, he was presumably tricked by ageist people, mm-hmm. really. But, so they used his advanced years against yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, and his infirmity. But, I mean, mm-hmm. Anna, do you think you'd ever have St. Alphonsus intercede for you for any reason? Well, I guess, like, I used to, you know, have to learn musical instruments. Mm. <laughs> I didn't enjoy it very much. So maybe if I was trying trying to learn a musical instrument again, uh, if I've ever like sometimes I have to listen to bagpipes and that's no fun. So I might try and get him to get involved. Mm. He would be like pro bagpipes, and he'd be like, yeah, bagpipes. Like, fucking, yeah. <laughs> true, true. If I reach the age of ninety, I guess I'll need all the help I can get. That's fair. So probably would at that point. Yeah. What else? If I'm ever if I'm ever turned on by a mob. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded be... weird. It sounded like if, I, if I'm ever turned on by a mob, like, well, this mob is, is quite oh. sexy. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I meant, and you know what it. Is, and uh, if the mob ever turns on me, that's... <laughs> the mob ever turns you on, well, well, well. No, that's not what I said. Where'd you guys uh, get all these torches and pitchforks? You're going to edit this to make me sound really bad, aren't yeah. you? <laughs> I, I don't know. I feel like I'm a very... I think I have a, a scrupulous nature, because I feel bad about everything I do. I feel... <laughs> I generally yeah. feel bad about... Same And just kind of beat myself up about stuff, so I feel like he'd be a good yeah. person to be like there and be like, hey man, it's okay. Definitely. You gotta let that go. Also, like, I have this anxious tendency to like if i think i've done something wrong but it hasn't been confirmed yet i'll apologize for it in advance because i'm like oh well at least if i'm if they know that i know then it's less bad so i feel like that's a bit like when like jumping the gun basically and and he's a good one for jumping the gun because of the the final sacraments yeah yeah thing people can see our episode where you talk about having blown your therapist to kiss to see how that's spiraling (laughs) (laughs) exactly 
exactly. So yeah, I think I think me and Alpha kind of kindred yeah. spirits in that respect. I feel like that as well. I feel like I've, I'm often like, is that right? Like some, like I don't know. If I throw something recyclable in the trash because I'm out and I just throw it in a trash can, I'm just like think about that forever. So yeah, definitely. Um, little things like that. So yeah, I I think to be a more a less scrupulous person or to have less scruples. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> that would be uh, he'd be a good uh, a good guide for that. But yeah. yeah. But anyways, Anna, thanks so much for all your thorough research today. <laughs> hey, the research was yesterday. <laughs> well, yeah, but thanks for, for telling me about all the, your great research from uh, earlier in the week. Uh, you did a great job, so thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Have a blessed day. You too. Wait, is that what we say? Yeah. What do you mean is that what we say? Yeah. Well, because in there's a there's a sitcom called Superstore, and they say have a heavenly day. And I started saying have a blessed day before I saw that sitcom. Oh, okay. But it's been around longer than this podcast. So I, I'm always worried that it's sounding like I'm ripping them off. No, but no, no. I thought of it independently. Isn't the name of the Superstore actually Cloud9 or something? So that's why they... Yeah. 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 But anyways, no, that's how we end the show. So <laughs> <laughs> Good. It's been a while. Right. So I... Because we were very organized with the last one and then this one been the opposite yeah yeah all right so yeah have a blessed day bye <laughs> all right.